character. But let me let me just take a moment to think about this for um, a fictional villain. That's the beauty of editing. We can strip out all of this stuff. Welcome back to the greatest song ever sung poorly, the podcast that takes karaoke exactly as seriously as it should be taken. I'm your Mr. Oogie Boogie host, Adam Wainwright. And I'm just going to try to boogie down with you. I'm Ed Kennard. I know that's a reference from something, but man, am I blanking. It's a reference to the villain of The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mr. Oogie Boogie says, trouble's close at hand. You better pay attention now, because I'm the boogeyman. Yes, yes, yes. I remember yeah. that now. I love that song. That's a great karaoke track out there. Just because this is the karaoke podcast, I figure I'll drop some hot karaoke tracks in the mix every now and then, you know, let the people know. And there's a solid chance that by the time people listen to this episode, you and I have done in-person karaoke for the first time in a long time. That's a fact, Jack. That's why I'm feeling saucy today. I'm ready to go. My bachelor parties, it's this weekend for me now. But as you're hearing this, listener, it was this past weekend. So we'll be sure to fill you in on the updates on the next episode. But I'm ready to go today. I'm feeling saucy. And do you have trivia today? Is that is that in the cards today? That is in the cards today, Adam. And since we are talking to Tiana Hennings of the Next Door Villain podcast, it only makes sense that our karaoke trivia bullpen should focus on something related to that. So, in case you somehow forgot, here's what you'll get. Five trivia questions based on the episode's topic with varying degrees of difficulty. Each question is worth one point, so the top score for any round is five points. If you get stuck, you can ask for one hint per game. Even if you get all of the questions wrong, you can still win by answering the impossible question. Get that one right and you get all five points. But remember, even if you save your hint, there are no hints for the impossible bonus. Hmm, interesting. I agree to these terms. It's nice that you're agreeable, Adam, but you know what? Some people in this world are not. Again, talking to Tiana Hennings of Next Door Villain. So trivia today is gonna get a little bit evil, and our trivia today is gonna get a little bit bad. I've been a bad, bad host I've been careless with a delicate game And it's a sad, sad show When a boy will quiz a boy just because he can I mean, Adam, I was feeling like a criminal putting together this round of five questions plus one impossible bonus for you. Now, obviously, criminal will not be a factor in these questions tonight because that would be tipping my hat too much. But 
all of these questions tonight. I'm calling a wretched hive of scum and villainy because it's all focused on villains and bad people and things like that. How many points do you think you're going to get tonight, sir? And I've always been more of a hero man myself, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give myself a solid two. Solid two. I think there's at least one that's a lock for you, and I think I think you might do a little bit better than you thought. But okay, we'll, we'll find out. Let's let's just we're get gonna to find it. out. Let's let's roll into let's, it. Let's let's go. Question one. One of the things that often comes up is protagonist versus hero and antagonist versus villain. Can those be flipped? If a villain bears his heart in song and sings, quote, and Penny will see the evil me, not a joke, not a dork, not a failure, and she may cry but her tears will dry when I hand her the keys to a shiny new Australia. Does that change things? Name yes. the online musical those lyrics are from. And I could sing the entire musical for you right now. Let's Dr. Horrible sing along blog. All right, man. I, I, I had to make sure that we got at least one point in there for you. Yeah. It's going to get a little harder from here on out. Sure, that's fair. Question two. The thing about villains is that a good villain probably doesn't think of him or herself as a villain, right? In the 2019 song, Bad Guy, popular both among the kids and the people who watch TikTok, this contemporary pop star sings the lines, I'm that bad type, make your mom a sad type, make your girlfriend mad type, might seduce your dad type, I'm the bad guy, subverting a lot of tropes common in music, and it earned her song of the year at the 2020 Grammys. What's her name? Is it Billie Eilish? It is Billie Eilish. And thank Great. you for not asking for a hint because I really didn't have one prepared for that. And I just realized that. That's fair. No, I, I was, I got there. Like, first off, for some reason, Ariana Grande popped into my head. I'm like, no, it's not her. Not her. So we got there. Good. As a slight tangent, I never really listened to that song before putting this trivia together. And I cannot wait to get to my next regularly scheduled karaoke night because I am singing that song. That song is a bop. It's a banger. Yeah. Question three. Sometimes, though, the villain does tell you that he is, in fact, the villain. In 1982's Bad to the Bone, a karaoke staple, the singer is a guy who openly and explicitly states that what he does is manipulate women for his own ends. The actual trope, the song in the last question flips. It's a really fun, well-known song, so there's no surprise it shows up at karaoke a lot. The artist who did it was a partial inspiration for Frank Turner's current tour, as he was the first artist to do 50 shows in 50 states in 50 days. Who is he? George Thorogood. Correct. You might be sweeping this one, Adam. I love, I love that tune. That's a good tune. Boy, mad to the bone. Question four. Sure. One of the things our guest show focuses on is having empathy for the villain. And an easy way to have empathy for a villain is to find a villain who never intended to be a villain. In 1986's Moon Over Bourbon Street, this performer and songwriter said his composition, quote, was inspired by a book by Anne Rice called Interview with the Vampire, a beautiful book about this vampire, which is a vampire by accident. He's immortal and he has to kill people to live, but he's been left with his conscience intact. He's this wonderful, poignant soul who has to do evil yet wants to stop. Once again, it's the duality which interested me, end quote. Name this British singer who, while releasing this as an early solo effort, was also the frontman, singer, and bassist for, our, for a new wave band from 1977 to 1984. 
Okay, so there's two artists that popped into my head right now. I'm trying not to use the hints. I'm going to go with Warren Zevon. That is incorrect. It was Sting. Oh, okay. That was not one of the two artists in my head, so we were good. Chin 5. In 1968, the Rolling Stones released a song that made references to a lot of atrocities in history. Everything from the killing of Tsar Nicholas II and his family, the assassination of both John F. Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy, and World War II. Name this iconic song that's often sung at karaoke, at least by me. I don't remember what Rolling Stones song. I didn't realize you sang any Rolling Stones song at all. I sing a couple. You do have a hint. Yeah, go ahead and give me a hint. I think I have a guess, though, based on the context of this. Calling back to our last question, this hint is Guns N' Roses covered the song for the soundtrack to the movie Interview with the Vampire in 1994. That hint does nothing for me because I never saw the movie Interview with the Vampire. The one that popped into my head just because all things considered with the top of this episode is Sympathy for the Devil. And that is the correct answer, Adam. Four out of five. Hell yeah. You can lock that into five out of five if you somehow manage to get the impossible bonus right. Well, hit me with it, Ed. Let's go. So that last question focused on the devil. One of the most well-known interpretations of the devil is John Milton's 1667 epic poem, Paradise Lost. Written in blank verse, much of what we know of Satan in popular culture stems from things Milton wrote, including the line, better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. Now, that said, one of the most evil things in Paradise Lost isn't Satan, but a poetic form. There are points where Milton spells things out in the first letter of lines in a poetic concept known as an acrostic. In one case in Book 9, Lines 510 to 514 of Paradise Lost, lines related to the fall of man, begin with letters that spell out Satan. I am going to assume that your very literate self is familiar with acrostics, but you may not be familiar with this one as no one was for centuries. In 2018, an undergraduate student discovered three instances of acrostic that had gone previously unnoticed, variations on the word fall. What university was this student attending? Oxford. I am sorry, but Miranda Full was an undergraduate at Tufts University. Uh, oh, good old Tufts University, the, the fighting cockhens. I have no idea what their mascot is, but we're going to leave it at that. It's the fighting cockhens in this universe now, the Tufts fighting cockhens. If you are a fan of Tufts University and are offended by the fact that we called them the fighting cockhens, please. Leave us a message and let us know what their actual thing is. We'll correct it in the, our universe. If not, they're just the fighting cockheads now, Ed. But Adam, man, four out of five, you were the hero of the villain round. Uh, I, every good hero needs to understand his villains. And I feel like that makes him a more effective you know, fighter. But you know what I really want to talk about, Ed? I want to move on from the trivia. I was great. I know. I'm amazing. It's cool. I want to talk about karaoke. And specifically, I want to talk about the villains of karaoke. Ed, can you give me a list? Who are the villains of karaoke? Well, Adam, let's first establish that if there's anybody who's the heroes of karaoke, it is you and I, and we are going to vanquish. I said vanquish the villains of karaoke tonight. That means we are taking on the mic droppers, the stage hoppers, the fake namers, the line hoppers, the sneaky drinkies, and the showstoppers. Preach, Ed. Preach. But really... Karaoke nights have archetypal villains. There are certain things that you find in your travels at karaoke. And these are the six that we have identified as the big villains of your average karaoke night. If, you're, if your night has a villain, not all nights will. 
But if they have one, they're probably going to fit into one of these categories. Adam, who's our first villain? And I want to focus in on the mic droppers, okay? I feel like this is where people, like, okay, I think there's an illusion that occurs at karaoke sometimes where people, you know, this is their superstar moment. It's your moment on stage. Everybody's watching you. And what pop culture has taught us is when you are the star of the show, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Guess what? You can't. Okay? So, like, you may see your favorite superstar have a mic drop moment. It might be Barack Obama saying he's the leader of the free world in a freestyle rap battle, dropping the mic. But he's the leader of the free world. He can drop the mic. That shit's expensive to a karaoke DJ. So, yes, they're a villain. If you see somebody drop the mic or you looks like you're going to drop the mic, use your superpowers and dive and catch that shit before it hits the ground. That's how you can be a superhero for the mic dropper. You got it. Exactly. People think that that mic drop is a punctuation mark, but it's not punctuating how great you are. It's punctuating how much of a dick you are. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. I'm going to make a T-shirt that says that. Uh, you've made all the T-shirts so far. I'm just going to make a T-shirt that says, don't be a dick. But Ed, what was number two again? You were preaching so well that I was catching every other words, every other one, as it turns out. So you're going to have to fill in the blanks in some of these other ones. So the villain number two of karaoke is the stage hoppers. Now, Adam, I want you to think back to our halcyon days when we were younger and I still had hair. There was a bar we used to go to called Yesterday's Party. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to name this person by their actual name on the mic, but do you remember that one girl who would get up and turn every song into a duet that she wasn't invited to do? Oh, Ed, these are, these are some real villains right here. Like, this isn't fictional shit. Like, this isn't pop culture fictional villain. This is a real villain. Like, oh, God, I can't. It's one of the most obnoxious things you can do at karaoke. And like any other interaction you can have with a person at a bar, duets should be consensual. Do not just hop up and start singing with somebody without their expressed permission. Oh, it's the most uncomfortable shit in the entire... Please don't... Ah! Ugh. Ugh. It's not even an entertaining villain. Oh, God. Okay, I'm, I'm a little sick now, so I want to move on. I just want to get past that one. I just want to use, like... Make like the the flash and dash away from that one. Can we do that, Ed? You can run, run run as fast as those 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 big legs will take you. And when I run, I run so far away, I run into another villain. And this is the fake namers. No, I'm not talking about your karaoke pseudonym, Ed. You know what it is. I actually don't have a karaoke pseudonym, but I wish you I do. Did. That would, I do. Yeah. What you is it? It's the Golden Teddy Bear. I have never <laughs> called myself the Golden Teddy Bear other people have that's oh. well that's how you got the pseudonym I've, i'm now decreeing it that people have called you the golden teddy bear i'm sorry we've been doing it behind your back this is a podcast so that means that this is obviously then true and yeah uh, i guess clearly I, am, I guess i am the golden teddy bear but what do you mean by the fake namers adam i, I mean like somebody I, i'm trying to think of what a good example from mo like modern media would be it would be like uh what was that really annoying movie like it would be like mike myers okay it would okay. be awesome. It would be Austin Powers. Austin Powers goes up, signs up for something funkadelic to sing. And then two seconds later, he's Dr. Evil's up there to sign up for a song. And then he goes away and then a Goldfinger comes back two seconds later, sing for a song. So all of a sudden, this person's on the list three times. They put in three different names and just kind of like slid their way in there. It's tougher to do if the karaoke DJ is like typing in names to go along. But a lot of places still use the slips of paper. 
And that's where they can get you. It's like, well, that would be the equivalent of me putting Adam, David, and then a Wainwright on the three name slip. So technically they're all right. That's my middle name. I go by that. That's my first name. That's my last name. They're all me. Oh, and do these people make you sick too? Oh yeah, absolutely. And you don't see it as often as you used to, but people still try to play shenanigans like that. Just like they try to play shenanigans when they are villain number four on the set, the line hoppers. Guys, it's a rotation, not a weird squiggly do whatever the fuck order. Wait your damn turn, Jeremy Baramy. I love the good place reference here. That's so good. That's so good. In case our listeners didn't catch that, Ed, could you just like can can we put like a scratch noise in here or like a rewind noise? Probably. Uh, so people could hear this again, because I want you to play that back just once. It's a rotation, not a weird squiggly do whatever the fuck order. Wait your damn turn, Jeremy Baramy. Yeah. Good joke, Ed. Good joke. Tell me about the line hoppers, though. Let's let's be serious. I mean, these people take all sorts of ways to do it. You know, like, hey, you know, I gotta get going. Is there any way I can I can sing again now so I so I can get out of here? Um, my hamster's real sick, and I I would like to get home to my sick hamster. Can I sing now? If I give you twenty dollars, can I sing next? I've seen all sorts of things like that happen and more. What about you? Yeah, it's normally bribing with money. It's, oh, my friends really want to leave. Oh, I got to get home. Oh, my glass slipper. My car's turning into a pumpkin at midnight. They'll offer all kinds of things for some reason to like sing just a little bit earlier than they would. And listen, if I'm a karaoke DJ, like, and somebody's offering me like 20 bucks to move up in the rotation, that's going to be tempting. My favorite story that I've heard from multiple hosts, which means this happens often enough, is that somebody would try throughout a night and be like, hey, listen, I'll give you 10 bucks if I can sing next. I'll give you 20 bucks if I can sing next. By the time they get to, I'll give you 50 bucks if I can sing next, they're usually already next in the rotation anyway. If you're a host and somebody does that and they're next anyway, take that jerk's money. Even if it's, I, I will give them, if it's $50 that I'm giving them leeway for one. I'm letting them skip one singer at that point. I will like, cause the karaoke DJs need cash too. Karaoke DJs can be a little bit of a villain. They can have a little villainy in them at that point, I think. And just for, for one, can we give them one, Ed? Everybody gets one? No, I'm a hardliner, Adam. No one gets you one. You can be a hardliner, guys. Just so you know, if, you, if I'm ever DJing, if I'm the karaoke DJ at your event or whatever it may be, and you offer me $50, I will skip you one person in the rotation so you can sing. There are a lot of things Adam would do for 50 bucks. <laughs> Hell yes, there is. Because I'm a little hard up for cash. And when you're hard up for cash, what happens? That's when you get a little sneaky, Adam. You do get a little sneaky, Ed. So I want to talk about number five, the sneaky drinkies. I can't say that in evil voice. There's no way to say that in evil voice. There is, no. I, I really tried to like be angry about that. But the minute you say sneaky drinkies, it's like it just wants to come out a certain way. It's great. But who are, uh, who are the sneaky drinkies? There are people who sneak in outside food or drinking too. Any bar, restaurant, whatever it may be, wherever karaoke's at. God damn it. Listen, people, I I know life life's expensive. I I understand. I get it. And I don't want to tell someone they can't come to karaoke if they can't drink. If they they don't or can't drink, but come on. Come on. If a bar doesn't see return on investment at karaoke nights, you know what happens to karaoke nights? They get cheaper, shittier hosts, or cancel altogether. 
you're killing karaoke when you sneak in drinks or food to go to a karaoke night. Ed, does that make the sneaky drinkies murderers? I mean, they're well on their way. The only time I've ever been specifically rude to somebody at karaoke is when I caught them doing this at a bar in Altoona. And I'm like, listen, I get it, but you're so fucking shitty right now. I'm going to highlight how shitty you are being right now. I want to make sure everyone knows that you are just, you know, bringing in your outside shit. Don't do that. Just don't do that. Don't do it. Pre-game, show up to the bar a little buzz. Do what you got to do to save some money. Don't, don't feel like you need to bring the flask with you. Like, leave it at home. Flasks are for weddings and company functions only. What? Yeah. Most weddings, yes. <laughs> okay, Ed, we're, we're down to the most villainous of villains, I feel like now. Tell me about the last villain of karaoke to create our triumphant. It's not a triumphant. I know that. I'm using it ironically. But triumphant, complete it. You're leading me into saying the showstoppers. Yes. And when I say that, I don't mean the girl who absolutely kills Adele to the point that Adele would be like, damn. No, I mean the person who has their song started. They're like 30 seconds into it. It's like, wait, wait, wait. No, I, I flubbed the note. Or or I I it didn't sound it didn't sound can, can we just can we just start over? Can we can we start over? Do you mind? Or can we change just can we just change the song altogether? Can we can we do that? Oh, that one gets me, guys. Yeah. The I oh I can't sing this. Can we? Can you just give me a different one? Guess what? If you can't sing it, welcome to Ed Natton's world. That's what I say to you. Not being able to sing something has never stopped us. Probably to the chagrin of people who have been out with us. Oh, definitely to the chagrin of people that have been out with us. And I know that this list is not comprehensive by any measure. We would love to hear who you, our loyal listeners, think are the villains of karaoke. What's the worst villain you've seen at a karaoke night? Is it the guy who won't stop hitting on every lady singer? Is it the guy who won't stop hitting on every guy singer? Is it the person who randomly throws a beer bottle because he really hates Garth Brooks? I don't know. Let us know. We want to hear your villains. Ooh, that's a story I haven't heard yet. I need to know more about this Garth Brooks thing. So can you summarize for our listeners real quick? And then you're going to have to tell me the deets on that one. So again, here are the six karaoke villains we have identified in this show. We are going after the mic droppers, the stage hoppers, the fake namers, the line hoppers, the sneaky drinkies, and the show stoppers. Adam, I know you want to hear this other story. So I say we just cue the fucking guitar and roll into our interview. And now it's time for a promo. Here's something that's not surprising. There's a lot of people in the world. Something that might be a little bit more surprising is the insane amount of cool stuff that they're doing out there. And that's why I created Good People, Cool Things. I'm Joey Held, and I'm the host of that very show that I just said, Good People, Cool Things. If you've ever wanted to learn about what it's like to be a puppeteer or how you can start your own candy business, or maybe things like why ghosts never have feet when we're thinking about them. They're always kind of that little floaty apparition type of stuff. Maybe you want to hear the inspiration behind board games like Taboo and Outburst, or maybe you just want to know what it's like to work in a grocery store in the heart of the pandemic. We're covering all of it throughout the show. Lots of fun conversations, lots of good laughs, lots of interesting things that you can take for your own creative endeavors. I interview entrepreneurs, musicians, authors, and so much more. And it's a whole lot of fun. And if that's not enough, every episode ends with a corny joke. So if you need more dad jokes in your arsenal, I got you covered. Check out Good People, Cool Things every Wednesday and have a wonderful day. 
If you're wondering why we spend so much time talking about the villains of karaoke, it's because we're talking to someone who knows more about villains and villainy than we do. As one of the hosts of Next Door Villain, she and her co-host Joe bring empathy and humanity to the pop culture villains we love and hate. Tiana Headings, welcome to The Greatest Song Ever Sung Poorly. Ooh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're so excited to have you here and talking about some villains and talk about some karaoke too. Because the number one question we have, what's your karaoke origin story? Every good villain has an origin story, I feel like. And I feel like every good karaoke or somebody who's done karaoke has an origin story. So hit us with your karaoke origin story. Yeah. Um, oh, when I was in high school, so I was about 14 years old, there was a karaoke event that was happening one weekday night in the cafeteria that they put on for students and only like eight students showed up or something but I really wanted to go because I've always liked singing I was in choir and I was just like yeah I want to sing and I went there and there was this one kid who was singing Strawberry Fields in a British accent he was not British but uh, he did and I was like oh that's that's very nice that he's getting into the Beatles vibe with his British accent. And then I went and there were like maybe five people sitting at a few different random cafeteria tables. And I sang Dance Dance by Fall Out Boy because I was obsessed with Fall Out Boy when I was like between 13 to 15, 16 or so. And that's around the time that Dance Dance came out, which is like, it's kind of awkward for like a 14 year old to sing dance dance because I can't quite remember all the lyrics right now, but I do remember being like something about bed or like, like, like sexual lyrics. I was just like, I'm just going to keep pushing forward because I really like this song and people were just staring at me. It's so. weird to think back about some of those songs that you were singing when you were younger. I was in a group discussion with some people. And they were asking questions like, what's the song that you sang that you probably shouldn't have been singing at the age you were singing it? And for me, it actually goes back to what you were just saying. It was Please Please Me by the Beatles, because that song is certainly not just about be nice to me and I'll be nice to you. It's a very specific be nice to me and I'll be nice to you. But seven-year-old me did not know that. <laughs> you, though, you're like us in a way. You've gone to karaoke alone when you didn't have any friends to go with. What's a karaoke night like for you when you're flying solo? I went solo because it was during a time when I had moved to a town that I'd never been in before. Like I hadn't even visited the state or the town before I moved there. And it was Spokane, Washington. And I'd never even been to the West Coast, really, or the Pacific Northwest, at least. I really wanted to get out, but I didn't have anyone to go out with. I tried doing like Bumble for Friends and I had a little bit of success with it, but the people I met on there just like were not able to go. So I went to this pizza joint that also does karaoke on like Saturday nights and it, they had good pizza and it was really cheap. And I was really, you know, interested in the cheap pizza. I had just moved. And so I was broke and it was like my first job out of grad school. So I, I didn't have much money. And I just, I, I took an Uber actually, I think because, you know, I wanted to drink a little bit because sometimes that can help me talk to people better or just like not freak out that I'm alone. And so I sang 
Crazy by Narles Barkley. And there are a few groups of friends there and they're all very nice. I think it's not until after I sing that people start to come up and say stuff to me or kind of want to talk because the song and the voice that kind of acts like a conversation starter. But before that, I'm just a random girl, like standing there and and no one really questioned, like no one really took the time to analyze me. Most people are either buzzed or about to be drunk. And so it didn't matter a whole lot. And then I just kind of leave early because I don't want to, you know, twiddle my thumbs too long. And then I just kind of sit and watch other people. So that was mostly in Spokane. I'll tell you what, that brings back memories for me because I've done this too. I've done the exact yeah. same thing. I moved to an area where I didn't know anybody. I'd never been to that area before. It was like the Louisville, Kentucky area. Didn't know anybody, but like one of the first things I did because I'd gone through our phase with Ed, our very rabid phase of karaoke was just before this. So I, I saw it on a karaoke spot. And if anything, I don't, wouldn't say I formed like lifelong friendships from there, but I got to know, like got to be friendly with people and got to be social and it got me out of the house. So I love that you use karaoke as an avenue to be social. Love it. But I realize that karaoke isn't a lifestyle choice for everybody. For Ed and I, clearly a certain amount of a lifestyle choice. But there are also plenty of casual fans like yourself. Can you tell me what karaoke is like for a casual fan? Because it's been so long since I've been a casual fan of karaoke. I know I just talked about like going alone, but as a casual friend, I mostly go when other people will go with me. I'm particularly thinking about like one to two friends, really good friends that I know from college who are willing to do karaoke with me. I feel like as a casual fan, I have to gauge when they're available and if they want to go. And it's usually when we're just ready to go out. And so it might, as a casual fan too, I have like one to two key songs that I go to but I feel like if I were more serious about karaoke, I would have to think of like so many more songs that I would need to practice and read the lyrics to to make sure that I got it. I would have to have so many more songs in my repertoire. And I just don't as a casual fan. I've just got my go to that. I'm like, I can do this really well. The others, maybe, but I'm not going to take my chances. I'm not going to spend time outside of karaoke to practice more songs. I'm just going to do like the one to two that I know and know that I can sing confidently in front of people. I go out usually when other friends are able to go out. And when other friends are able to go out, I do like to do a duet. Sometimes I have done, I know that this is probably the most overdone karaoke song in the history of karaoke. You would know this better than I do, but I did sing Don't Stop Believing by Journey with my friend the night before a college speech tournament. So sometimes as a casual fan, you just go like on a whim, like sometimes you don't even plan for it. You're just like, oh, we compete at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Let's go drink and sing Don't Stop Believing in front of all of these people we don't know in this small rural town in South Dakota. So, <laughs> What you said makes me think of like other places is I have seen the diehard karaoke people who only sing the same two to three songs. Oh. Every single week, regardless of how many weeks they go to that bar. Or, or what the atmosphere of the bar is. It, it, they are completely yeah. unaware of all of that. Interesting. 
So in that sense, you are just like a regular karaoke bar goer. So you should feel awesome. You should feel comfortable in that. Yeah. For somebody who is a casual fan, you've surprisingly done karaoke all over. But the place I'm most curious about is you did karaoke in China while studying abroad. What was doing karaoke there like? Yeah, it was great. I probably did karaoke there more than any other place because it was so readily available. I did it in Chongqing, China, which is in southern China. And I was there studying Mandarin. And you go into a big building, maybe with several different businesses in it. And maybe you go to like the fifth floor or something. And that's like the karaoke floor. And you get to have your own personal room that you share with your friends and friends of friends. Maybe they have some of that in the United States. I'm not sure. But I know that in China, most of the time, you get your own private room with your friends to do karaoke with. You don't sing in front of people you don't know, like kind of in an open bar. And, you know, you walk into that room and it has a massive screen on the back that the music video will play with the lyrics on it. And you have your own machine to choose your songs. And everyone in the room usually sings at least once. They have mostly Chinese music, but they do have some English songs. So I would take advantage of that. I would sometimes sing Lady Gaga. But sometimes we would try to challenge ourselves to learn a song in Mandarin or a Chinese song, especially because that would help us learn the language. Like we were going to school for Chinese, so maybe we should practice that or at least kind of try. It was also a little bit harder because the lyrics are in traditional characters, but we were learning simplified Chinese characters because in the mainland, you usually use simplified characters, but the music videos and, and the karaoke music, it, it had traditional characters instead, which is mostly used in Taiwan. And so that had another layer of difficulty, not to mention like the pronunciation and trying to sing in a language that's not your own. My friend learned this song called Chichu, uh, which is by Peggy Sue. And it's a really fast paced song with like lyrics that rhyme with each other. And that means balloon. She would say these words over and over, like different words very quickly throughout the song. And my friend learned it, which was a big challenge because it was so fast. She had to sing those lyrics so quickly. I tried to challenge myself with a song called Wei Ni Xie Shi, which means write a poem for you. I actually never got the courage to sing it at karaoke, but I still learned it. I can still sing some of it. And I think there was a lot of pressure, like when you're in front of people and it's like, you know, these traditional lyrics are on the screen and you're trying to sing in a different language and you hope you don't mess up. So usually I would stick to the English songs. I sang a lot of Lana Del Rey songs like in China, just kind of random, but I did. And usually everyone in the room, friends and friends of friends, maybe there's like 15 to 20 people in a room and you can order drinks for your room. You can order snacks for your room. Usually everyone would sing. You'll have to tell me about your experience. But when I'm in the United States, I feel like there's a lot of people who like aren't good at singing or quote unquote aren't good, who really, really don't want to sing at karaoke, but are there for the show. And if you try to get them to sing, they're like, no, 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 no. 
And that happens a lot in the States. But when I was in China, of course, like I only have a sample size of like 50 or something. But when I was in China, like everyone would sing. It did not matter what they sounded like. They would just be like, I'm going to sing. And it didn't matter like what they sounded like, what what they felt. It just they just sang. They didn't care, you know, like if they felt that they weren't as good as the next person, you know, everyone was just having a good time. And um, so I really appreciated that in China, a lot of my American friends and Chinese friends, you know, would kind of have that vibe, like, I'm just going to sing. <laughs> so I think that might be tied a little bit to the, just the culture uh, in, in that area. I, I spent about three years in Japan. So I got to be familiar with Japan's karaoke scene. And a lot of what you're saying rings true as far as like, yeah. And, the thing that tripped me out about Japan was like, you go to any bar and they had karaoke. They just hand you a Oh, little, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a little, <laughs> you pay them $2. Yeah. They hand you a tablet. They hand you a microphone. So it's so ingrained in the culture that it, it was never seemed like anybody pushed back against it in any of the places that we were. And everybody would be into it and participate over the course of the night. It's a very interesting thing. But yeah, I think you have a very fair point where there's a lot of people in America that are just going to say, no, 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 I don't want that. And I just mm -hmm. don't think it's like that in some parts of the world. But right. I want to come back to something you said, and I want you to expand on it just a little bit for me. So you said you sang a lot of Lana Del Rey mm -hmm. in China. Yeah. Tell us about some other songs that you love singing at karaoke. I feel like we never asked this question and we need to ask it more. But Tiana, tell us some songs you just like singing at karaoke. My go-to is You and I by Lady Gaga. Have you heard that one? Mm -hmm. I sing that one fairly regularly. That's awesome. I haven't met someone who has also sang it. So yay. That song just really works well with my voice. It's in my range. A lot of Lady Gaga songs are in my range. And I really like that. Plus, she mentions Nebraska a lot. It has kind of this rural vibe to it. And I'm from South Dakota. So I'm also from the Midwest. I even have family in Nebraska. So I feel, I mean... <laughs> some pride at least like when i <laughs> sing the song i'm like yeah nebraska you and i i just feel really empowered by you and i by lady gaga another one that i mentioned earlier is crazy by Narls barkley in my range i like the way it sounds i also sang that song while one of my friends was beatboxing it not like at a karaoke but like just in our apartment and he could beatbox really well and he could beatbox Narls Barkley crazy. And then I would sing it on top of that beat and it sounded so cool. I was like, I don't know why at that moment I didn't record that or something, but I was, that was like in college and it always sounds pretty good. There's not a particular Lana Del Rey song that I sing, just kind of whichever ones are available because her songs work pretty well with my range too. I've always liked Lana Del Rey. She reminds me a lot of late high school, early college. It was when her first album came out. That's very cool. I don't know a lot of Lana Del Rey stuff personally. The only thing I really remember about her is that she has a song called Diet Mountain Dew. Yes. And I drink Diet Mountain Dew. And I download the song, and I don't think I've ever actually listened to it. But it's very tempting to give that a shot at karaoke. Full disclosure, I just Spotified Lana Del Rey just to kind of look at the top hits. And I'm pretty sure the name of this album is called Norman fucking Rockwell. Yeah. And now I have to listen to this album. Yes, that is a very good album, too. Um, I listened to that one a lot throughout 2020. 
oh my god i want to listen i'm reading the names of the tracks in this album and i need to go listen to this you have opened my eyes thank you for introducing me to this in general because this is great yes if it's not obvious adam and i are kind of old and relatively <laughs> unhip at this point i mean you're just products of your generation like gen z is gonna make fun of me soon but you're your gen x is that right well i am adam i think she just I, called you out i did i'm a millennial still i'm hanging in yeah. there very, I'm a millennial very, too. I'm I'm the edge of the millennials, like towards towards the very border. But I'm I'm still millennial. I'm gonna, firm, I'm gonna grasp to it. He's yeah. an elder millennial. <laughs> okay, I'm a young I'm a younger millennial. So we have younger. almost three generations here, which is great. Yeah, a whole lot oh. of different perspective to bring. You can't just say two generations. Uh, you have to say no, almost no, no, three. no, no, no. You're okay. you're an elder. You're an elder millennial, Adam. Okay, Ed, if Accept you want. If you won't pivot, I'm going to pivot now that we've walked down this. Because what I really want to talk about with, mm -hmm. I really want to talk about your podcast. I want to talk about okay. Next Door Villain. Now, for those who don't know, you should learn real quick and go follow it on Spotify or anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Next Door Villain focuses on understanding and empathizing with villains in pop culture. Uh, I love this podcast. I just recently yeah. dug in. I started with the Phantom of the Opera episode because I saw, ooh, the Phantom of the Opera. I'm like, Yes. So I got to hear Tiana sing a little bit at the beginning. That's a spoiler alert. Um, and that was great. You sounded great on that, honestly. Like I was oh, like, okay. You. But it was so interesting hearing you guys break down like this this awful kind of human being and really developing empathy for it and like attacking from different angles. So I'm gonna ask the question. Why is having empathy for the bad guy important? Well, there may have been a time in your life where you were the bad guy in someone's story. And you probably would have appreciated someone understanding your side. It's tough because you never want to like say, yeah, it's good for someone to do bad things. But at the other hand, you want to understand where they're coming from, why they did that bad thing, why they are the way that they are so that you can maybe communicate with them better or think of solutions better to the problem, or you can help people. So there are several different reasons for why you might want to practice understanding the perspective of someone else, even someone who you might not agree with. You get to see their side of the story. You gain perspective. When you understand why someone does something, it's easier to think of solutions on how to stop that from happening. Improving your empathy skills is important because if you can empathize with someone that you don't agree with or with someone that you think is doing bad things, then it's going to be easier for you to empathize with other people. And that's going to enhance your relationships and enhance your understanding of humanity. A hundred percent agree with everything. Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 yes. I'm clapping. It doesn't play well. Podcasts will <laughs> just blow up right? the mic. But okay, I have two things for you. On that episode specifically, you calling Raul out on their shit? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all day. I right. love, love that. The second one I have, okay there's a very deep back catalog. Was there a villain that you ran into that was particularly hard to empathize with where you guys really start breaking it down? Like, how are we going to do this? Who was that villain? And why was it so hard to find the empathy of that villain? That's easy. It was Jafar from Aladdin. <laughs> okay. It was so hard because uh, he's just a jackass. I don't know. He just, he's just like, let me enslave Jasmine and then 
let me try and just take over because I want to take over, you know? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> it just, I think that entire episode, we were just like, we don't really have anything. But you guys tried. We tried. Sometimes it's, it, that's what matters. Like if you just practice it and if you just try, sometimes that is just a really great way to warm up your brain <laughs> to get better at understanding other people. Another one was Dr. Evil's cat from the Austin Powers franchise. We decided to do that. It's a really short, like 15 minute episode. We did take it down on the main feed and it's going to be in our Patreon. <laughs> so if you want to listen to it, join the Patreon. But it was so silly because we were like, a cat. <laughs> Let's empathize. Let's relate to a cat. That's so much fun, though. I, lo I love that. I really do. I, I love that idea. Yeah. So here's what I want to know from your perspective, because we talked about it earlier in this show. Who do you think the villains of a karaoke night are? And how do you handle them with empathy? I thought about this question and I was like, at first I was like, I don't think I saw any bad people at karaoke. Everyone seems great. I guess maybe the guys that like keep hitting on you, you know, and don't like it takes a lot like to get to nudge them away. Usually, you know, they do walk away or like I mentioned something like, oh, I have a boyfriend or something and then they walk away. But sometimes they can be kind of pushy and empathetic. <laughs> uh, you know, they're trying to get laid. I guess they don't know that I have a boyfriend or something. And so they're trying. But at the same time, they should still learn, like they should still know better than to like be pushy about it, you know? And we say that a lot about a lot of villains on the podcast. We're like, yeah, I can see why this villain in this movie did what they did. But at the end of the day, they shouldn't have done it. And we're in the patriarchal society. And when you're in that type of society, men, not all, but some men think that they're kind of entitled to women and to what they provide for them. And it can get overblown. and so just say no and i don't know i don't know what i do it depends on the person right sometimes i just walk away i don't even say anything back to them <laughs> or sometimes i yell at them drunkenly it depends <laughs> you know it just depends on what's happening how pushy they are sometimes so. that's what it takes and like listen you're gonna get no condescending opinions here ed and i are both of the opinion to fuck the patriarchy we yeah. try to be allies however we can but what, okay, I keep coming up with two questions because we have questions that are written down and questions that pop into my head, okay? Right. So the first thing I need to ask is everybody needs to just take a moment right now and pull up Next Door Villain on their podcasting app. Whatever you're listening to this to, pull it up because I'm noticing a trend as I've gone through all the backlog of the artwork that is custom done, it looks like, for every single one of these episodes in a very particular like color scheme. Who does the artwork for your episodes? That's a great question. At first it was Joe's ex-girlfriend and then she did not do it anymore. And then it was one of Joe's friends who wanted some experience doing some graphic design. So she did it for a little bit of time, but then she couldn't no longer do it, which is fine. And we were like, gosh, do we pay like a new graphic designer? What do we do? And then Joe was like, I'll do it. So maybe I don't know starting at which episode i want to say maybe starting at like gaston he started doing the episode artwork and he's getting better oh my god um, joe 
well done man like i'm looking yeah. at these and i love these they like some of these i wish i could just like pull right off of the internet and the web and put put them on a poster you need to check out the art and the reason i i wanted to ask specifically about the art is because one of the cool things about your show is that you contribute creative works about the characters you talk about and yeah. often in the form of poetry this is a karaoke podcast you know you contribute poetry every now and then have you ever written a, a poem about karaoke I haven't, but I will definitely consider it. But I want to ask you, like, if I were to write a poem about karaoke and if I were to if I were to incorporate a villain into that poem as well, which fictional villain do you think I should input into a karaoke poem? Ooh, Ed, please, please. I think I have my answer. I think I, I, I'm 100% sure I have my answer who needs to be in this. Is yours from a web series? No. Although that's great too. I know the direction you're going with that and I love that. Ed, I'm going to let you tackle this because I know my answer. So my first thought as soon as you said that was Dr. Horrible. Because if anything lends itself to karaoke, it is Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. I love Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. I would do an episode on it, but I think the show already covers Dr. Yeah. Horrible's perspective pretty well. But you have to do Hammer. Hammer's the villain. Yeah, he's like the hero villain kind of guy. Oh, I love that movie because even though it's kind of short, I think it's only like an hour long or something. It's so deep. <laughs> like it doesn't seem deep at first on the surface, but then you're like, oh my gosh, all of these themes about whether the hero is actually a good person. Because Dr. Hammer sucks. Like he... He does. He's Captain Hammer sucks. Yeah. Listen, we can't we can't do this. I could nerd out about Dr. Horrible for a very long time. This strikes yeah. just the right nerve with me that we could do this literally for another hour because yeah. I have thoughts and I love that thing. What I will say to everybody out there, it's a Dr. Horrible fan or casual fan, is if you didn't know, there is a commentary track to Dr. Horrible sing-along blog that is also a musical. It is called Commentary the Musical. And if you haven't listened to it yet, the next thing you need to do after you're done listening to this episode is go listen to Commentary the Musical. You can find it on Spotify and you can listen to Nathan Fillion singing about how he's better than Neil Patrick Harris. That's his entire song. It's called Better Than Neil. And it's amazing. Okay, but I'm going to bring us back in. I'm going to reel my, I'm going to bury those feelings deep down and continue this conversation. The first person that popped into my head was Packer from The Office. Oh, yes. <laughs> That was the first person that popped in my head because I think he even <laughs> sings karaoke in that one episode. He probably does. I, yeah, I love The Office. We did an episode on Jan from The Office. I saw that. And yeah. yeah. I love that episode. I think it's probably in my top five favorite episodes, partly because both Joe and I kind of nerded out about The Office to a very intense degree. So, yeah, Packer. Oh, yeah, he sucks. Um, yeah, he he's sucks. so bad. <laughs> he's like, he like poops in Michael Scott's office. Uh, I'll never get yeah. over the first time. I think it's one of the first times you meet Packer because me and my fiance have started a rewatch. The, one of the first time you meet Packer, you see his license plate that says, I think it's this WLLHNG. And then um, Ryan asks him if he's a big fan of William Pung. And that's like my favorite moment right there is one of my uh -huh. favorite moments. Like, why does everybody keep asking? Okay. Okay, now I'm just, I'm nerding out about everything. We, we could right. have a nerd out session about a lot of things. All the right nerves have been hit, but that's all the questions we had for you. Tiana, it's been great. We've nerded out. We've talked about some really great things. We've learned a little bit about your podcast. 
But now, now is the time that we want to hit you with our best shot. We're going to play our quick fire air quotes game. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you five questions. Just answer whatever pops into your head. You don't owe an explanation to anybody. They're your opinions. And you don't have to defend them either. There's a caveat to this. At the very end of it, after five, it's only fair that you're going to get a chance to fire away. So you're going to be able to ask Ed and I any kind of question that you want. And we solemnly swear or karaoke or otherwise that we'll answer honestly. So all that being said, Tiana, are you ready to play hit me with your best shot? Yeah. <laughs> hit me. <laughs> hit me with your best shot. Exactly. So number one, what is the best thing you have seen at karaoke? My friend doing a mock American Idol show at Disney World. That's impressive. Love it. Conversely, what's the worst thing you have seen at karaoke? Probably just like a bachelorette party, like singing many different things at once. <laughs> like just having a good time. I mean, I don't think it's that bad. It's just like chaotic. The singing, everything, a bunch of different things at once got me. Question number three. What is the one song or one of the songs that you would love to do at karaoke, but you've just never been able to find a good version of or find it all? Probably a Bob Dylan song. I don't think Which I found one? a Bob Dylan. Oh, I can't remember the title, but it's one of his is one of his best. I'm sorry. I didn't prepare for this one very well. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> but, we'll let it slip. Bob yeah. Dylan. Like Bob one Dylan. of the Bob Dylan ones. Yes. Yeah. One of the Bob Dylan ones. Now, imagine that someone had kidnapped your family and all your loved ones. And the only way to release them was to wow the kidnappers with a karaoke performance. What song do you choose to free your loved ones? I'm going to go the choral route and I'm going to say Ave Maria. Ooh, I like it. Okay. Yeah. I, I love it. I, that's, that's a great, oh man. Now I just want to see somebody. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm envisioning this entire scenario. It's beautiful. It really is. So, <laughs> angels in the background. Angels and, in the background. And yeah. the, the kidnappers are freaking out. Like, it's great. I love it. Yeah. So last question. If you could magically strike one song from every karaoke playlist forever, uh, which song would you choose? I, I know this is boring, but I don't have one. Maybe. Okay, maybe don't stop believing just because it's probably the most done. So maybe we've had our time with it. Oh, so instead of striking it forever, you're retiring. Yes. Stop believing. You're you're yes. giving it an honorable send off and say thank you for everything, all the joy mm -hmm. you brought, but it's time for something else to give us that joy. Yes. I yes. love that. That's the most positive approach anybody's <laughs> taken to this question. And I love that. Those are great answers. And I, I really appreciated it. But now you have a chance to fire away. So go ahead, ask Ed and I any question that pops into your head. And we'll be solemnly swear we'll answer honestly. Who is a fictional villain that you identify with? And would you dress up like them during karaoke sometime? Hmm. So it has to be a truly fictional villain, right? It yeah. has to be created. It can't be based on a historical person. Right. Right. Oh, man, because I had my answer pop right into my head. I knew Ooh. this and I have dressed as this person at karaoke. So, oh, who I am curious. Who is it? OK, I'll come up with a fictional villain. But Aaron Burr was my number oh. one right to the top of my head where misinterpreted as a villain. I have such deep empathy for that man and like his portrayal in society. And I have dressed as Aaron Burr for a karaoke mm -hmm. event. Ed, what do, what do you got? I have two. And one of them is questionably a villain, but Ted Mosby from How I Met Your Mother, Ooh. I read as villainous, and I also identify 
entirely too highly with because he is a pretentious son of a bitch and so am I. But dressing up as Ted Mosby would functionally just be dressing up as myself because I was the same age as Ted Mosby at the time that Ted Mosby was Ted Mosby. So that's just my wardrobe. <laughs> now for an actual like villainous fictional villain, if I could pull it off, I would absolutely attend a karaoke night in full Dr. Doom regalia. Because my ego is big enough that I could be Dr. Doom. And that's just a banger of a costume. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be fun to make up a Latvian accent and sing something as Dr. Doom. And work in a curse you Richards as part of it. What about you, Adam? Man, I'm trying to go through villains that are popping into my head. Okay, you know what? I'm going to pick one, and I'm just going to see if I can empathize on the spot with him, because I think I can. I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty pretty good at this. We're gonna, I'm going to test my empathy skills right now. I'm going to go with Lord Voldemort. I think I'll be an awesome karaoke presence to kind of appear as Lord Voldemort on a karaoke stage. And listen, Lord Voldemort was just a misunderstood, brilliant child. He had people try to reach him, but they tried to reach him in their own ways. They never actually took time to listen to him and understand him and where he was coming from and the struggles that he was facing. They were trying to project the ways that they knew compassion to be on him. And he clearly just needed something else to help him out. So as he was coming up and he started getting curious about this, and children, we all have curiosity at that age and we all grow and we want to learn and understand the world. At this age where he's curious about these things because somebody's saying, no, 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 you can't go in there. The number one thing you want to do is you want to know more about that. Yeah. So instead of pushing him away, I think if he would have just been brought in and understood and taught how to use these things and was able to learn about them, that I think his path and trajectory could have been very different. But Dumbledore being how he was just neglected to take care of the child. So he turned out why he was because he was a victim of his circumstances coming up. And a misunderstood child being projected on by adults who clearly didn't understand the brilliance behind them. So as you grow up and you're constantly being rejected and misunderstood, like, I, I think it's just natural what he was doing. He was seeking out a society of his own. And once he discovered like this, this thing around him and he had these close group of friends in the Death Eaters, like he just wanted to share that with everybody. That's all he wanted to do. He wanted people to be part of his world. And now the ways he went about it is real, real shitty and, you know, killing people the whole nine yards. And if you disagree with me, then you're going to die. But at the same time, really, he was just trying to share. Yeah. So what I would want to do is I would want to dress up as Voldemort and just share my karaoke prowess with everybody out there and make them be part of my world. And the fun thing is now he is somehow less villainous than his creator. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is well true. done. Well done. And you could dress up like him, but you might need to chop off your nose. This is true. So, I don't know if I'm ready to that. make that sacrifice. Well, maybe after my wedding. I'll have the discussion okay. with my fiance. Yeah. Right. We'll Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Okay. That was it. That was great. I love that question. That's one of my favorites. I think we've been asked so far. So what we'd like to do right now, Tiana, the floor is yours. Whatever you want to plug, whatever you want to talk about. Our show is now your show. So do whatever you want with it for as long as you'd like. And we'll hop back in when it seems like you're done. Feel free to listen to our podcast, Next Door Villain. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, all of those podcast players. And if you, if you are someone who enjoys pop culture or villains, 
you can submit literary art like poetry, prose, monologue, written from the perspective of a villain that you're passionate about, and you can submit it to us. Just go to nextdoorvillain.com slash submit, and you can submit that to us, and we might put it on the show. We're always looking for more literary art to share. I also just want to say thank you so much to you two for having me on. It was our absolute pleasure. We both love your podcast. We're Patreons of your podcast. And we're so happy you joined us. And we really hope to see you singing at a screen sometime soon. Now is the time of the show where we kindly ask you to go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, Good Pods. Just leave a review. Let us know what you think. Send us feedback. What do you want more of? Less of? Exactly the same amount of like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like you can't possibly take any more of this particular thing, but you don't want less of this other thing. Be very specific. We kind of love it. And that's all I have to say today. And say stuff. Yeah. And the best place to find any information to send us an email or to have a link to a review or to just keep up with us and our merch store is sungpoorly.com. We spent so much money on that really great domain name, and it wasn't like $3. It was $3 for the first year. That's what we paid for it. But, I mean, that was $3 that we could have spent on a very bad beer at a karaoke bar. Mm. And speaking of drinking bad beers at a karaoke bar, somebody that we have both done that with, Ben Dumb, has graciously provided all of our theme and interstitial music for the show. Please check out his latest project, The Ben Dumb 3, on Spotify. Apple Music, or wherever you jam those sweet, sweet, rockabilly-ish musical notes into your skull cavity. And remember when you could spend $3 on 30 shots of beer at Boomerangs? Or or $4 pitchers at the Castle Pub? Oh, buddy. I think they sold 275 pitchers of Captain and Coke at Wolfie's at some point. Oh, we are we are dating ourselves and we're, admitting we're, that we are just cheap, cheap, cheap drunks. Make sure you come back next time because we're going to talk to someone who wants to make your karaoke nights and your day-to-day work life more fun and fulfilling. That's it. That's all. There is no more. So until next time, I'm Adam Wainwright. I'm Ed Kennard. And remember that singing off-key is still technically singing. That's how that goes. That's exactly yeah. how the guitar riff goes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. You nailed it. Boom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Boom. Headshot. Got it.